Hello people, welcome back to the growth mindset. Guys, today I bring to you an interview that I personally enjoyed a lot and had a lot of takeaways. Uh, on this episode, we interviewed Dr. Nikhil Sikri, who is the CEO and the founder of Zolo Stays. Most of you may have already heard of Zolo Stays. Uh, it's a co-living startup that is valued over $100 million today. That's amazing, isn't it? So in this episode, we will dive deep into his personal life uh, understand his childhood, his degree, his choices, his success, his failures, and how he was able to turn Zolo Stays into a very successful startup company. So without further ado, let's learn from the best. Hello, uh, first thing first, Nikhil, thank you so much uh, for being on the Growth Mindset Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me here. It's great. indeed a great honor. My pleasure. So, Nikhil, many people know you in the business industry, right? You're in the co-living space. So, uh, for people who don't know you, who might not know you, would you just like to go and give a quick introduction about yourself? Yep. So, I am uh, Nikhil. I'm a doctor by education and five years of uh, practice educationist at heart and entrepreneur is what i am why i exist for so that's sort of uh, my one line summary okay so doctor how what what made you choose doctorate mbbs I, I don't think it was a it was very conscious decision i i i <coughs> belong to a very small town uh, in punjab called faridkot there you only knew two things either you'll become a doctor or you'll become an engineer and in Faridkot, you didn't even know what an engineer does. <laughs> yes, my Both my parents are doctors, so we used to live in a medical campus. And that was a pre-internet era. So yeah. I'm talking about this pre-internet era. Up now, now, awareness is not a problem. So I mean, this podcast itself will be is, is a luxury that uh, no one had 22, 23 years back. So at that time, the only thing that I knew for the most part was that everybody becomes a doctor <laughs> so uh, and in fact uh, I, I cannot even blame normally a lot of people can blame their parents my mom told me not to be a doctor <laughs> she said look i mean you will crack it that's a different deal because that's an academic challenge but the mindset that is required uh, to kind of continue medicine which is not ask too many questions uh, and, and you, you have problem in life. You ask too many questions. <laughs> why this? Why not that? Why this? Why not that? Why that? Why that? And in medicine, you will struggle. Okay. So I can't even blame my parents for that. <laughs> so it was purely just, that's the only thing that world knew at that point of time. I mean, uh, my world, micro, microcosm knew, uh, small town, medical campus. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So how was your child, childhood like in those days? Childhood was fun, yeah. <laughs> You have brothers, sisters. Yeah, yeah. so I have a younger brother, uh, Akhil. In fact, he's a co-founder. Okay. So he eventually ended up uh, doing computer science from IIT Delhi. Uh, and in fact, a very cute story here uh, because he also was not, due to lack of awareness, he also said, I'll become a doctor. <laughs> and then my mom told Akhil wants to be a doctor. I'm like, in his entire life, he's never said, I love biology. How does he suddenly <laughs> wants to be a doctor? <laughs> I Correct. took uh, the train immediately, same day. 
reached home i reached home on thursday came back on saturday then he never said after that i want to be a doctor <laughs> <laughs> the whole point was he he was he was also going through the same problem that the awareness is so low Correct. that you just you just go with the flow where everybody is going yeah uh and that's uh, i mean akhil story so both my parents are doctors uh, we used to live in a medical campus so okay. lot of space so we used to play a lot which luxury these days not everybody has True. to have large cricket ground large football ground this kind of luxury not everybody has so i would say good fun time okay so what made you come from you know mbbs to entrepreneurship so it's a uh, sort of on on the surface it's a quite looks like a very ziggy zaggy journey uh, but at the core the value system which is driving the everything is sort of consistent uh, on surface uh, mbbs then i then i practiced then i did mba then i did one or two jobs and then entrepreneurship came so it's like a 7 8 year journey uh, post mbbs as well more than 8 year journey okay. uh, i think broadly what i was chasing was Uh, to find uh, complex problems to solve because that's where i i've i've realized by about myself that more challenge that i am thrown into uh, the more enjoyment i have not to say medicine is not challenging but somehow the way the problems of medicine not to be solved that that piece i was not enjoying and for me enjoying the journey is more important than the destination okay. so <clears throat> as a as a doctor although my destination was quite sorted but i was just not enjoying the journey so i i don't want to trivialize medicine by saying there are no complex problems there it's a fairly complicated science and field but but the way the, those problems were to be solved there in which construct that construct is something i was not enjoying and mm. if you don't enjoy the journey for me at least personally it's just not worth it whatever destination whatever money whatever comes at the end it's just not worth it nice so you you practiced you you worked as a doctor in yeah for 5 years for 5 years and then entrepreneurship then mba okay then one job uh, as a consultant strategy and operations consultant with deloitte and then one job in sonar it's the world's largest healthcare yeah, id yeah, company yeah. and then entrepreneurship okay so why real estate i mean like why did you get into co-living spaces what what got you here <clears throat> so it's our technically third venture uh, as i said uh, i am educationist at heart <laughs> <laughs> so the first venture we started was uh, in health because of obvious correlation Mm-hmm. but in health uh, we we couldn't really scale it for reasons which i would say let's keep it out of the purview sure uh, more ethical than uh, nature sure uh, then <laughs> we moved on to education there we couldn't find a product market fit so what we were trying to build was how to learn and that's why i asked the why this is this podcast is called growth mindset because that's exactly what we were building the product for hmm so we had built a product where uh, by using ai and lot of other methods we'll find which part mm-hmm. of the mind is weak is it a simulation or application is it memory then how do you tweak that how do you grow it interesting uh but we just couldn't find takers for that product <laughs> our go to market strategy went a little off so okay. no uh, no school wanted to buy that It's, i think they wanted to buy that they just couldn't uh, they just didn't want to pay for it <laughs> So. And and this this thing that you're talking about, right? Artificial intelligence, machine learning is is like the next big thing. You now technologies are also moving towards this, trying to adopt this. And obviously, if you go towards the school, right? Let's say the education system. I this is my personal belief. Uh, I may be wrong here, but if we observe, they have a more uh, you know confined space as to you know they don't want to go out of the box. 
that's that's the system today in terms of education yeah and and spending there obviously you know they think twice because they're just teachers or let's say uh, institutions normally have a set of rules that this is what they should follow rather than going out of the box and trying to work on people and making them creative at what they're good at rather than just making engineers or with you 100% so but it's 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 tough also i understand their constraints as well uh because ecosystems don't the the it requires a full blown ecosystem to do all this uh if you look at the salaries and the respect that we pay to our teachers is probably in the lowest of the pecking order yeah. yep uh, if you true. compare it with uh, sweden norway yeah. uh, where the education system is very advanced teachers are in top 10 percentile of the earners in india teachers would earn in last 20 30 percentile uh, of white collar jobs so Correct. so it's it's not just school it, this this needs a system change yeah, exactly. a very systematic change i mean it's not any one individual to be sort of blamed here or that you don't have the right thought uh, it, it's everything we, we we who has ever told their kids that you will become a teacher one day in this country yeah no if if a kid says i'll become a teacher and the next thing that the parents say is slap him dude you got to earn some bread what are you thinking about yeah so we we say that uh, i mean a culture of india which was around th- two couple of thousand years back which was about guru is god yes now guru is a transaction <laughs> uh, so it's Very it's true. a cultural it's it's it cannot be fixed by one person one company as a system uh, it'll take time uh, but we all try our bit yeah. like we tried we couldn't succeed that's a different deal yeah. and then we and then real estate basically happened from a very a thoughtful lens of opportunity and uh, finding some places where we can impact somebody's lives wherever these two merge uh, yes. so that's what we were looking for uh, so here there was an opportunity and uh, opportunity in terms of large financial outcomes also an opportunity in terms of creating impact to so many people's lives who are currently living a suboptimal or a substandard uh, quality makes sense and uh, i just want to go back to what you said because that's that's a very important crucial information that i believe with regards to you know the system uh, not being able to adapt or evolve with regards to that so what could we do as individuals that you think could you know help the society in terms of you know making sure that teacher as a as a profession is also valued what can we do is there something that you think that all of us can do that could help this ecosystem also grow Yeah I think uh, the first and foremost change that we need to bring is uh, in our own minds about respect uh, just starting with the fact that somebody who teaches you and teacher does not appear in the form of just school teacher teacher appears everywhere uh, so there is a, there is a teacher everywhere every day of our life somebody is teaching you something uh, if you can just respect that fact uh then automatically our kids uh, everyone will observe that kids learn more by observation than by listening so when as a father uh, i'm 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 not married but when i have kids so as a father if i say thank you to let's say my maid who's taught me something today so if she's taught me ki sir aise karte hain aur we do like this and then i say thank you my kid will also automatically learn to respect somebody who teaches something irrespective of what is their place in society exactly so if if we can just start with respect for learning uh 
that itself will bring a big change i mean we all will contribute a drop but these drops will become oceans exactly that that's a really good insight and i'm i'm, I'm sure that most of us who are listening would obviously try to do this because as you said kids learn from observation right not from listening so interesting uh coming back to your uh zolo startup right when you started this back a few years ago uh how was the experience what were some challenges that you faced and how were you able to deal with those think uh, every year the nature and shape of challenges uh, vary so i'll try to split this answer in year by year so 2015 the biggest challenge was just finding out what business model will work in this industry so we started with a very oyo like model scaled very aggressively to 50000 beds within a matter of 6 months but then realized that if i don't own the customer experience if i can't meet a promise to the customer uh, then i my foundation itself is shaky because everything starts and ends with the customer yes uh, rest is just uh, means to an end and end is uh, customer satisfaction uh, or at, i mean i'm not even saying that customer wow delight i mean that that is yes you got got to achieve but there is a foundation of meeting the promise that you have done and then one strives for delight and excellence uh, so we couldn't even tick mark the basic so we shut that business model down and we started the full stack model the 2016 was a repercussion of that decision basically we couldn't raise money so entire year sort of the biggest challenge was to raise money because we we just scaled down from 50000 to 200 beds <laughs> oh, okay. so uh because we changed the business model itself we didn't want to continue the model where i can't uh really make sure that i can't fulfill my promise and try to give uh, eventually strive for delight uh, one day and uh, so 2016 was prime of phase about uh, fundraising 17 16 and we closed that so 17 was now uh, basically scaling the right business model that we did figure out so that was more about operational execution uh, 18 19 it's mostly about how do you handle a large organization because after a while when the like we are now 3000 people almost so after a while when the organizations become large people go so far from the core value system exactly or yep. the core ethos that you believe in why you started this organization and and that starts as it starts becoming more distant and more vaguer and vaguer uh, the organization stops uh, losing its identity and 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 why you even exist and then and and processes and everything are just side outcomes of this if you have bad processes it's 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 basically lack of uh, talent who can build processes why there is lack of talent who can build processes because you can't attract good people because you don't you don't reflect good values correct so last two years has been more about scaling understanding how do you scale a large organization i mean how do you scale to a large organization how do you think through articulating your values like the principles that you are seeing there so we have very well articulated culture value code set uh which we all sort of abide by uh, understand try to make sure that we we are using the same language communication and collaboration becomes a nightmare when the organization becomes big yeah so yeah. last two years has mostly been about uh building a great organization and last year was also fighting uh competition of oyo life <laughs> 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 too yeah, much money yeah. and no accountability <laughs> can be a problem for someone else's life uh, uh so 
so it, but but yeah i think now everybody uh, we, we're all uh, the market has also uh, sobered up uh, everybody is fighting on fair terms so this is really interesting what you just spoke right about uh, when an organization grows uh, the core value of that particular because once when you started the business your core value was different right you you wanted to have an impact add value to customers so how like for example customers now let's say uh, basically ceos or founders are listening to us what can they do uh, in terms of making sure that once their company is growing the foundation the principle that the founder has is also transferred to the employees like how you are doing so what are some practical ways that they could do uh, i think first step is true conviction uh, in what you believe in uh, sometimes we say customer satisfaction but we really don't believe in it so much uh, and i've been there uh, where i used to say that i want to have high customer satisfaction but i used to never uh, i used to feel that i've done so much and why are you still complaining and it used to hurt when customers complain Yeah. but after a while i realized that it's not about uh why are you complaining that's the job and and that's the only thing that will keep the organization on the toes correct so if i take away that itself then what will keep the organization on the toes nothing will keep the organization on its toes exactly. uh and that's the only long term sustainable strategy that if because customers will never be pleased <laughs> it's a infinite uh, journey and and that's the beauty of it that's the whole beauty of it that customers will never be happy yeah and and that they will keep pushing you they will keep pushing you they will keep complaining and they will keep making you better they will say no if you know this is good but that is not good and then you will push the organization guys let's make it let's make that good so they they will not be happy for the most part uh, and that's okay as a founder earlier i used to feel sad about it oh we are doing so much why people are not happy uh but i mean are they happy but with a qualifier like we have the highest nps in the industry uh but still there are a lot of people who are not happy like i don't have a nps of 100 so there are a lot of people who are not happy and they are source of wisdom and value that oh this is what we are doing wrong got it <laughs> give me few months i'll fix it because you can't fix everything in one day there is no magic wand so i mean that's the, the reason i gave a long story to a small answer about conviction is that sometimes we say things but we don't mean it yeah so first is conviction in what you truly believe in if you don't believe in customer satisfaction that's okay you believe in beating the competition say that don't just say customer customer because every it's in fad yeah. true if you believe in that if you understand how it works then only say customer satisfaction otherwise it's okay to beat competition that's enough a driver that's a good driver and people will figure out customer satisfaction to beat the competition true exactly so having conviction and clearly articulating what are your core value drivers uh then articulation is the next after conviction bringing it out in words uh because unless you bring it out in the words and properly articulate as a code uh it will not replicate itself uh-huh. because when the organization becomes big your span of control will remain only that 30 40 people correct exactly what about rest 2960 what about rest 600000 or i'm mean like amazon has 600000 people yeah, yeah so that's where a document will go that's where other people will go but other people need to be empowered uh with that articulation and 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 third is uh behavioral how do you say champion of it okay so you got to display those 
<laughs> if you say uh, that these are my cultural values you quickly google and get 10 values and you don't display them it will die faster than uh, new year resolutions <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> it, it won't even go like 7 days <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's how i feel that uh, one can go about uh, ensuring that a right culture or a right setup uh, is there when the organization scales uh, that's the kind of uh, that's how you maintain that momentum of values okay and just uh, the second point that you mentioned about articulating right uh, obviously articulate the the word is very simple but how do one articulate that because there are multiple ways sometimes people can sometimes they cannot so what according to you are some good ways of articulating a message because as you said let's say you are one person and then you'll basically be talking to the only 40 people what about the rest 20 19 16 right what about them so how do you articulate well so that everybody gets the message so this is actually i i i i i cannot think of any shortcut to it it's iteration iteration after iteration after iteration uh, and and observing keeping your eyes and ears open taking feedback from people so we started with a set of articulation of our culture values uh, before even articulating we as founders we all sat down i asked everyone that why are you doing this why are you doing this what do you believe in what do you believe in this is what i believe in then we increase the pool a bit then we asked our immediate leadership what do you believe in what do you believe in wow and then nice. we gathered a lot of uh, points and then we found common patterns that oh this is the common pattern of what we all believe in then again there is set of iteration of articulation then when we articulated then then we asked people that does it make sense to you is it like making anything or what does it mean to you then iteration so there is just no shortcut it is basically feedback and iteration feedback and iteration and it took us like 4 months to do this wow. it, it didn't happen in like uh, we, i didn't get up in the morning and said this is our culture code it took us like 4 months almost to do multiple iterations multiple iterations because if if the culture is what i believe in that's going to be wrong culture has to be what we believe in uh for that we need for that you got to go out and ask and and see and 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 sometimes you uh, as a business owner as a founder you'll be surprised that you'll find oh this guy i should fire <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't belong here like he's out of the pattern everybody else is in the pattern and this guy is just out of the pattern uh and and this is a good lucky outcome because it will save you <laughs> uh, true uh, but yeah th- this culture has to be what as a organization what do you believe in uh, collectively and and this all it's also very good sign of uh, making sure that you're not uh, doing things which you've just researched or read yeah because it's very easy to just research something and say okay, these are my values etc so you, you got to go out uh, and you will find that the kind of people the patterns that you're finding this is actually who you are yeah. not what you say or what you think sure like attracts like <laughs> very true this is very interesting the point that you just mentioned because uh, i'm sure you have read this book why start with why by yeah, yeah, simon yeah. sinek and he actually says the same thing as to how you can you know come out with a, a tagline for a company by going out to your employees and asking asking them rather than you telling yourself that this is what the motto is so that's actually i believe this would add a lot of value to the listeners who are listening to us to understand how they can articulate things and 
the answer does not come from within at times sometimes it also comes out from the culture and the people working for yes it. yeah and better answer actually comes from outside because they are reflection of what you truly are <laughs> interesting <laughs> sometimes we think we are smarter or we we yeah. believe in ethics and integrity and all that stuff and but no that that that's what we believe in reality is the kind of people who you are working with exactly uh, because they are nothing but uh, sort of resounding of your value system wow that's 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 really good put it across uh, i also want to understand when you wake up as a founder right you're managing a team of let's say 3000 people today working for azulo stays uh, do you have any morning ritual that puts you in a in a peak performance state Uh, as to you know this is what my day is going to be like do you have any morning ritual as such that you do yeah so <clears throat> i have one morning ritual which i have been following for almost 5 years i would say thrice a week <laughs> uh, okay. i i i still miss sometimes so average will be thrice a week some some months go daily and some months you skip like 3 4 days in a row sure uh, so i basically journal uh, what went well yesterday and what could have uh, gone better and uh, that's about it so i i don't do a very strong planning for the day i just take three things that i want to achieve uh and i'll just put down these three things i'll achieve today uh i don't care about 50 things 100 things i'll just yeah. pick up top 3 and i'll write what went well and what could have gone better so it it pushes me to think evolve faster yeah. uh introspect uh and and lot of good things come out of that 10 minutes of uh, exercise That's very interesting because I I'm a big fan of journaling as well. Uh I journal on a regular basis. I wake up in the morning, I do a few things like what am I grateful for and exactly the same thing even I do write down the top 3 things because when you fill your uh journal with a lot of things to do and you don't have that bandwidth to do it, you feel like okay shit, I did not do this. I was not able to do this. And then you have this backtrack of oh, it keeps adding on and you're like okay, this is not even working, right? When you don't do something. And then once when you end of the day when you write a journal again saying this is what I should be doing. What is what? What did I learn today? What could I have done better? So this actually puts you your brain in a conscious position to understand that okay, fine, this is the room for improvement for me, and you know this is what I should do next time so that I achieve what I actually want to do. So I believe what you've brought out, journaling, is a very important, uh, you know, thing that people should do in terms of understanding how their days are spent. And eventually, once let's say if you just you know open the journal after a week or a month and you just cross check as to what just happened you will be shocked to see how many things you've accomplished yeah yeah so one of the principles i mean if you you can read also is mistakes must come with learnings uh-huh. so the way we tell the organization everyone is pause reflect improvise correct like till the time you don't pause and you don't reflect you can't improvise so and if your mistakes uh, go without a learning then it's a pnl item it's an expense if they come with a learning it's a balance sheet item yeah it's an asset uh, it's not an expense correct uh, you bought an asset you bought a learning i mean money got wasted that's a different deal but you bought an asset true so it's very critical to do pause reflect improvise uh, and and for me that's my daily one ritual that i follow i pause i reflect and i see what can i improvise guys i know you hate this but this brings us to the end of part 1 of the interview with nikhil but stay tuned uh, the part 2 of this interview is going to be live next week so until then you guys take care and um, hope you guys are killing it peace